Welcome to the Smoke and Rope Podcast, the show that brings together Michigan's top cannabis growers, advocates, and business owners to offer a fresh and honest perspective of Michigan's cannabis industry. Stick with us to get the lowdown from the people who have been on the ground floor of cannabis business in Michigan and gain insights into where the industry may be heading. Welcome to the Smoke and Rope Podcast. Today is episode 34, 34 weeks in a row uh, we've been on the air. Excited to uh, to have uh, Mike McCurdy. He's the head of the Michigan Cannabis Caucus of the Democratic Party of Michigan and also an executive member of the MCFC, the newly formed Michigan Cannabis Freedom Coalition. Mike, thanks for being on the show. Oh, thank you so much, Ryan. It's an honor to be here. All right, all right. And then today we got uh, Tom Beller from Real Leaf Solutions holding down the fort. Uh, he's got a lot of great questions today. So, Tom, what's uh, what's happening? It's a beautiful day on the farm. <laughs> Good. Thanks for being on. Thanks for being on. Um, Thanks for having me. I'm excited to talk about all the great stuff Mike's doing. So, actually, the first time I became, uh, I guess, uh, aware of uh, Mike was early on in uh, in 2017, mid 2017, when uh, I got really heavily involved with the Dana Nessel campaign, um, and we were fighting against uh, Pat Miles Jr. and uh, just on the different chat rooms and different things going on. Uh, I saw Mike's name. Saw him doing a lot. And uh, I remember I met you, Mike, because uh, I, I remembered what you looked like from, a, from your Facebook, but I ran into you at the actual Cobo Hall, the uh, Thrill in Manila there uh, with the big snowstorm when, uh, when Dana beat uh, Pat. So it was, uh, it was nice meeting you then. And then since then, gotten to know Mike a lot more. He's the head of the Michigan Cannabis uh, uh, Caucus of the Democratic Party. He's also done a ton of work is what we're going to get into uh, helping me just a ton and has really been the the person that's taken the reins and and spearheaded it but he's done a ton of work with our michigan cannabis prisoner relief front and that's turned into the michigan cannabis uh, freedom coalition with people uh, involved with us uh, national people with El- last prisoner project we've got redemption foundation uh, Sozo, Force Detroit, uh, you know, Decrim, Decrim, Michigan. A lot of great members, a lot of great stuff going on. Uh, but, you know, Mike's uh, Mike's an activist. Uh, it's kind of a, a combination that the, uh, I guess, maybe the regular political folks don't like. He's uh, he's trying to do good in the world. He's, uh, he's, he's not for sale, and he's incredibly smart at organizing and influencing uh, things like this. So, Mike... Uh, thanks for being on. Tell us a little bit about your background. I know you only live a couple miles away from me. Like, nice to be in the same neighborhood. And uh, um, then we'll talk about uh, you know the Michigan Freedom Coalition uh, and, and what we're doing. So take it away, Mike. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for for that kind introduction. Um, just a little bit about myself. I've uh, been a environmental activist, a human rights activist for uh, most of my life. Um, I'm a father and a grandfather now, so I, I, uh, I'm more settled down than I used to be. I used to do a lot of direct action activism, you know, out there. You know, I was fighting for the redwood trees. Spent some time uh, during the Second Intifada in Palestine, working with uh, Palestinians on human rights issues, and you know, peaceful uh, Israelis working on the peace issue as well. Um, so. You know, I got into political organizing in the Democratic Party, uh, you know, for the first Bernie Sanders campaign for president. And uh, I really believed in Bernie. And I decided that if really if like that was going to be a viable option, then then we had to fight for it. And, And we didn't get it. But I think the fight was well worth fighting. And really, the coalitions that were built during that time were really what 
I believe helped us get Dana Nessel in as Attorney General, you know, in kind of my, you know, my next big political fight. Um, so, so that's been that's been great. I've been working with the Progressive Caucus of uh, the Michigan Democratic Party for for uh, many years now, and uh, was asked to uh, basically reorganize the Cannabis Caucus um, because they hadn't met in, in about a year, and and they really needed somebody to take the reins. So, I started doing that back, I think, in June, maybe, and uh, and since then have kind of held elections so that we have statewide representation for the caucus. I think we have 16 members on our executive committee now and uh, and we're we've been doing a lot of the the organizing behind getting the uh, you know cannabis freedom coalition, Michigan Cannabis Freedom Coalition together and uh, you know working with Last Prisoner Project, Redemption Foundation, you Ryan, thank you and uh, and many others and our first success was, you know, really getting uh, helping get Michael Thompson out. There was many, many people involved. We, we, we certainly can't take total credit for it, but we, we did our part. So I think we feel really good about that. And, and we think we're going to get more people out, you know, so so we're ready to keep going. Yeah. So tell, tell us a little bit about, um, you know, we, uh, I know a little bit about it, but I like to hear it about you. I, when people ask me questions, sometimes like, well, you got to talk to Mike. He knows you know everything about what we're doing because he's in the weeds doing the work. You know, Marshall's been great over uh, helping organize now. And, you know, we brought in Charla and things like that. But, you know, talk about what the Michigan uh, Cannabis Freedom Coalition, what we're doing, uh, what the what the makeup it, it, it is of it. People are just going to learn about it. And I know uh, we just sent off a letter as well. So maybe... Good little background on that and uh, what, what our next steps are. Well, gosh, there's there, there's so much to what what's going on. We've built this organization really, uh, you know, from from the ground up in, in a really short amount of time. Um, we started out with informal meetings between, uh, you know, me representing the Cannabis Caucus and Zara Abbas, our vice chair, Ryan for Redemption Foundation. Um, Last Prisoner Project was a central organizer. And uh, they brought the National Association of Criminal Defense Lawyers to the table, which a powerful organization with 40,000 defense lawyers uh, in their ranks, ready to really give us some legal might. Um, And our coalition keeps growing. We've got Michigan Liberation involved now, Force Detroit. You know, uh, we just sent a letter requesting a meeting with Governor Whitmer a few days ago, which we're waiting to hear back from still. Um, asking for a meeting and we had over um, I think it was 15 coalition organizations on that letter signed by by over a hundred members of those coalitions Um, so so we've got some force we've got the uh, National Association of Criminal Defense Lawyers has put a program uh, before we provided a meeting with them and uh, and our coalition and we put a program before uh, Dana Nessel and the Attorney General's office that said like hey look if you guys will work with us we're prepared to basically provide lawyers for as many prisoners as possible to uh, you know to file clemencies so uh, the uh, NACDL they did the clemency program for the Obama administration um, they've got a clemency program running in New York State uh, and I believe in Colorado as well. And uh, we basically just need Gretchen Whitmer to sign on and say, yes, I will work with you. I will sign some of these clemencies and, and we're ready to go. Um, we're asking that the Whitmer administration basically direct the MDOC 
to create a file sharing system with the NACDL, the National Association of Criminal Defense Lawyers, so that they can more easily facilitate uh, document sharing so that they can streamline basically the clemency process. Um, we've gotten a list of a couple thousand names from the Attorney General's office of people who are serving time. Um, we don't know if it, we know it's not 100% for cannabis, but people who have cannabis involved in their offense in one way or the other. So we're looking to try to sort through that list and, uh, and start filing clemencies, but we're just trying to get the governor on board. Yeah. And it sounds like, and one thing I wanted to mention too, is, uh, we do, it's, it's cool. I get messages now and, uh, we've got some of the people that are, uh, listening to the show. We've, uh, it's a lot of the industry people in Michigan, but we also got a lot of prisoners, uh, that are picking in, listening, and they're following what you're doing, Mike. They're following what we're doing. So, you know, well, definitely give a shout out to those well, guys and, uh, and gals. Well, and absolutely. Um, you know, I was just talking to Jason Zemanski today, who's uh, who's locked up uh, doing time. Shout out to Jason if you can get you know a way to listen to this. Uh, you know, he's he's working hard for prisoners inside, uh, helping them with their legal work. He's a uh, he's got a legal mind, and and he's serving time for uh, he got violated on parole for smoking medical cannabis, even though uh, even though he had his card, and uh, you know he's probably looking at serving five six more years because of his use of medical cannabis, and, and it's just atrocious. We know that's not even legal anymore, um, and yet you know there he is, he, he's sitting there, and uh, you know you know put if if prisoners hear this, look. If you're in, if you're serving time and it's related to a cannabis offense, get in touch with us. Call me, uh, 517-488-7702. Seriously, just call me. Um, I'll accept the call. I'll put money on the card so that you can get through um, if you don't have money on your card. Like, like we want to hear your story. We want to put your story out. We want to find you lawyers. Like, like, we've got it. We've got resources. Ryan, principal fundraiser. Thank you, Ryan. Ryan's raised like $40,000 for us or something. So we're able to put money in uh, in people's commissary accounts. If people got families in need, we're able to, you know, you know, give a small amount of help towards towards sending money to people's families. Um, you know, and, and maybe, just maybe, we're able to get you lawyers to file a clemency and maybe yeah. we can get you out. You know, <laughs> so so it's worth That's a try, awesome. right? Get get in touch with us for sure. And I know Relief, uh, Tom and Krista were, were big donors to that as well. We appreciate that. And uh, yeah, thank you so much. Uh, yeah, um, uh, it's it's amazing. I just have a question though for people that might not understand why it would be that in the state of Michigan that cannabis has been legalized recreationally, yet we still have people that are locked up for it for whatever reason, that it's not just an automatic, okay, you're in, you're in for cannabis, we're, we're going to let you out. But there's more to it, right? Obviously, can you explain a little bit of that? That's kind of the process that one has to get in, you know, to go through, to go through the process to get clemency, that it's not just an automatic, all right, it's over. You can go home now. I think, I think that's the really important thing to realize is that there, there doesn't seem to be the political will to make it, you know, hey, it's over. Um, it, it, right now, they're making us, uh, we got to jump through hoops. And uh, if, if the first, if you file your clemency, it's got to go before the parole board, um, a partial parole board. Um, they can take forever to give you a hearing and, and you know, months and months. I, I don't know the exact schedule, but then you get your hearing. They can take months to get that to the full parole board. Um, once it goes before the full parole board, they make a recommendation. And only then 
is the governor allowed to make a decision on the clemency? They have to get a recommendation from the parole board first. So, so then, you know, it goes before the governor and that's where we're dependent on the governor to do the right thing. And, uh, um, so that's, that's one level of why it's complicated. Uh, you know, just, is there the political will to make it happen? The, the, the second, the second level is that who is actually serving on cannabis charges, right? Um, and, and that gets complicated. Like, you know, there's a, there's an individual we're, we're advocating for who, uh, you know, a friend of Brian's actually, who, uh, he's got two cannabis Jared. charges on his record, but he, Patrick, uh, what's up? yeah, Patrick Gittes. Yeah. And, um, and you know he's a uh, he's yeah Ryan why don't you tell a story real quick explain he's just well, one I mean, example it, and this is uh you know what as you dig as as we dig down deeper and peel back the layers of the onion that is the Michigan criminal justice system and then the countries and probably you know the most part of the world is how deep marijuana is entrenched into keeping people in it you know I talk about getting out and how hard it is to get off of the uh, paper and out of the system it's designed to keep you there so like. You know, whether it be a parole violation. But what about all these people? Um, you know, what about somebody like, uh, you know, there's, there's Patrick. He he had some charges and it was, uh, and I'm sure he doesn't mind talking about it. It was a different drug charge. Admitted his mistake. Did it. And, uh, you know, his time for that and, and pled guilty was seven years. But guess what? Because he had a, a, a couple of cannabis small possessions when he was, you know, late teens, early 20s. He's got a 15-year sentence. So do we really, you know, like, do we really want people in prisons and jails for seven, eight, double extra years? After, and he's done his time. He's done 10 years or probably, um, sorry if I'm a little bit off on that, um, Patrick, but I know it's close to that. And so let, let the guy out. Like, we don't need all these trumped up. And, and that's stuff that never gets recorded. And there's so many people that... Um, you know, the enhancements, uh, you know, just all those type of deals that, that, that get people crazy amounts of charge. I mean, we had Weldon Angelos on with 55 years for three ounces. He had the, the trumped up enhancements and then they, you bring a gun in and even though there's not a gun there and, and there you go. So it's just, uh, and then we also found out, sorry, I'm ranting here, but we also found out, you know, really the, 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 um, the, as far as the, the, the parole board, that's like their, like that whole area, that's like their own little fiefdom, like. They've got so much power, nobody's ever questioned it for so long, and you start seeing how some of these little bit, uh, you know, government, state of, state of Michigan government, uh, you know, uh, departments run, and they, they run on their own full accord sometime without even um, stuff that the, the, the governor can do. So it's, it's pretty amazing. There's a lot of change to be made. Uh, Michael Thompson's case was so big, so well-known, so significant uh so much energy went into it but it peeled back so many layers to a lot of people of all the what was going on through the wrong yeah michael thompson's case is another layer right there right he he when we asked for the the attorney general's office we said can you get us a list of uh cannabis prisoners guess who wasn't on that list michael thompson why because they had him on a gun charge even though it's a trumped up gun charge all related to the sale of cannabis um, who else wasn't on that list? Rudy Gamow was not on that list. Rudy's, Rudy's uh, was charged with racketeering charges for doing what? For running a medical marijuana facility. You know, um, so, so, you know, we have, uh, you know, people in there for violating parole. So, you know, and then we have people who are, who, who got their time significantly enhanced, you know, because they had marijuana and their record. So those are 
five different, completely different examples of how they're locking people up on cannabis that don't actually directly come back as being in prison for cannabis. And on top of that, there's still people sitting in prison just for cannabis. You know, so, so now we have six different avenues and it's nobody really knows how to sort through the data and find out who these prisoners are. So I personally think that the way we're, we may end up finding out a lot is simply through word of mouth. If we can get the word out to prisoners, like, hey, if you're serving time for cannabis, get in touch with us. Maybe that is actually a better route than what we're doing currently, which is, which is trying to go through the MDOC and, and trying to get information that way. Well, it sounds like stuff's kind of hidden within the, these files and it's not transparent from the surface exactly what's happening with these yeah, cases. One thing, one thing I want to point out on that, Mike, was that we got that list. Uh, we worked with LPP and it was we were the second state before Colorado because their governor's so favorable to even get that list. And we got that list from Dana because she's so favorable. It was we were like the only so like for the most part, you, you go to a state. Imagine trying to get that list from Rick Snyder and Bill Schutte. Uh, zero chance, zero chance, you know, so um, just even getting that list was a big deal. Um, so, so yeah, sorry to cut you off, Mike, but that was... No, you're point. right. You're, you're absolutely right. And uh, and frankly, like LPP, who's working nationally, was amazed. They were like, wow, you, you know, they, they're used to spending all sorts of legal time and money trying to get this information, and we were able to just ask for it and get it. So, so having the cooperation of the Attorney General's office is... You know, probably what tipped the scale on uh, Michael Thompson and uh, got him released, and and hopefully it's what tips the scale and, and gets us our clemency program statewide. Now we're gonna we're, we've talked about it too, right, Mike? That you know we want we want Governor Whitmer to, to be a part of this and to sign on and be huge, but I think regardless, we're gonna push forward no matter what. It's uh, you know we're gonna provide these and start filing and uh, until we get the help. Is, am I right on that? Yeah. yeah, I mean, we exist. We're going to keep fighting for it. And, uh, you know, certainly uh, we'll provide what support we can. It's, it's uh, I think the reality is from the NACDL is they look at it like this. They're afraid to before they go full bore and start bringing in hundreds, if not thousands of volunteer lawyers to put in, you know, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of legal hours. They, they just want some kind of commitment from from the Whitmer administration that that they're not just going to let all this all these petitions just sit there and rot because that's that's a big commitment to make without, you know, and, I, you know, the governor's got to meet with us. Right. You know, we've uh, you know, it, it's been a few days since we turned in our last letter. It's probably the third time we've asked for a meeting. But this is this is the real ask. This is the time. Um, you know that I, I think she's really got to come to the table with us this time. If she doesn't, we're gonna have to just, you know, it's gonna have, it's gonna have to be a big public campaign. Um, and speaking of that, we do have a uh, the letter we wrote her with over you know a hundred you know organizations and people having signed on to it. That is, we are gonna those are all coalition members who are on there now. We are gonna be opening that letter up. Uh, the Sarah Gersten from Last Prisoner Project. She's creating the format right now, and we are going to start sending that around to our coalition members to start distributing to the general community. So, so people all over Michigan will be able to sign on to that letter and really let the governor know that we want her to cooperate with this clemency program. Um, that that it is uh, that the people are ready for it. And that's that's awesome because there's so many of these cannabis companies now have staff and. Um, to the point now where some some of these companies have people that are just on staff for social equity. So 
this is something it's the time's right uh anyone out there listening to this um please get a hold of us you can like you got mike's number now it was earlier but you, you know you got you got uh ryan b at redemption canna and you got the uh, instagram and, and facebook message we want to get you that letter and then uh you know we're we're definitely looking for more organizations to join us it's happened so fast so quick um and um michigan's kind of at the tip of the spear now on a lot of this stuff going on in the country and we're getting a lot of national help because of um the situation here in the climate so uh, mike what uh what are we looking for in members and uh you know how uh, how soon are we uh ready to start accepting more um you know i think i think we're ready it's uh just get in touch with us we're not doing a lot of outreach currently because we've just we've just kind of quadrupled in size so we're kind of absorbing the members we have now but that doesn't mean that if you're interested that we we won't we won't process and and figure out how to get you involved and really what we're looking for in members is uh we don't just want your name to throw on a list of, of of members all of our members are actually active um they're they're doing things uh you know, contacting prisoners uh, on our behalf, um, you know, being that, that, that person who answers the phone when a prisoner calls, that person who sets up the JP account. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we've got, we've got four different com- committees people are serving on. Um, we've got a policy committee that's really exciting, uh, just starting to get our feet wet on it, but we've got some really good policy people on there. Uh, we're, we're connecting to national policy people and you know we've got we've got lawmakers listening to us so it's we're going to be heavily involved in in, in in cannabis policy statewide and maybe even nationally um so that committee is really exciting so if you have expertise like that you know in, in cannabis policy that'd be a great place for for somebody from your organization to to sit on that committee we've got a prisoner outreach committee people on the prisoner outreach committee are basically doing that um we find out somebody's in for cannabis, we need somebody who's going to be in charge of talking to that prisoner, somebody who's going to be in charge of that case. Um, you know, uh, we've got, uh, we've got a media committee for people with, you know, media expertise, you know, can help with, uh, you know, uh, communication, social media, uh, you know, that kind of, uh, thing. So we've got a, we've got a great talented committee for that you know when we do press releases doing press outreach stuff of that sort we're probably going to be doing some short commercial type stuff putting together some we're putting together something right now or about to be for hash bash you know to tell people about our coalition um something pre-recorded so we can you know really create some some something nice and 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 you know we need to tell prisoner stories so if you've got if you've got those sort of skills if you're if you're media savvy if you know how to how to work, how to put somebody's story to paper, to film, you know, that's, that's the kind of skills we need. Um, so again, we are looking for coalition members and, and, uh, oh, and the last one, the last committee is coalition outreach. So finding new members for our coalition, (laughs) you know, if you're somebody connected in the cannabis community, connected around the state and you know, people who want to be involved at helping, uh, join, join our coalition building committee because, uh, because we want to get bigger. We want to get stronger. The stronger we get, the more prisoners we're going to get out. I really think that's, that's what it comes down to. So yeah, that's what we're doing. If people are interested in joining, please get in touch with me, Ryan, um, and uh, and we'll uh, we'll get you uh, get you in because uh, there's a lot of work to be done, and, and we need help. It's you know we all have day jobs, right? None of us are uh, none of us are getting paid to do this work. So so it's uh, how do you squeeze it in around the edges? And and the way you do that is have lots of people helping. And yeah, we know that the uh, clemency is a huge issue that needs to be 
uh, worked out. And but there, are there other things, other priorities you guys have uh, your sights on right now? You know, you know, I think that um, really our policy committee has just started meeting, and I, th I think they're going to uh, start working out other other policy agendas for us. Um, but we really don't have it there. And and the thing is about um, clemency is that there's a lot of work that needs to be done on cannabis reform. Um, and it's already happening. People are doing it, right? And we want to be involved in it. But our coalition, we have a clemency program. We've got it. We've got an actual, we've got an entire program. We've got the lawyers to back it up. We've got it all. And we're laying it at the feet of the governor, of the governor, you know, in the Whitmer administration. Mm -hmm. So, so this is ours. If, if we don't do this, nobody's going to do this. It's not going to happen where, you know, there's obviously there's tons of other work out there to be doing you know, cannabis related, but, but this is, this is, this is our spearhead at this point. We're going to grow. We're going to, we're going to branch out, but th that is our, our main push. Well, what are the, uh, currently, what are the biggest hurdles to clemency other than obviously getting the, the governor involved? Uh, what exactly are the other you know things that that need to be worked on? Well, I would say the the biggest the biggest hurdle is well, I mean the, if the governor signs on, if the governor comes on board, we've got it, we've got it, we've got all the lawyers lined up, we've got the program, we've got the expertise, we've got funding, we've we've got it all, um, and you know we've even got like media savvy people ready to begin publicly advocating on behalf of you know all the prisoners who who apply in the program. So we we've got the program the the that so it, it's not oversimplifying it to say literally all we need is is whitmer on board that's all we need um is. that is the hurdle after that um finding the prisoners who who qualifies is, is going to be simple I, I i have to believe um once we start getting people out once people hear that that there's a way out they're, they're going to come to us words gonna um, spread spread you know, through the system fast yeah, when that starts happening yeah, real fast exactly so so we, we have to be, you know, thank God we, we're really, our coalition, we've got limited resources um, as far as, but uh, as far as like how many, you know, how many, like how, many, how much can we do? But the reality is, is overall we're not limited on how many clemencies we can file because we, we have, we've got the big guns behind us. We've got big national guns behind us who are saying we will file clemencies for everybody. You know, just bring us the names, give us the criteria, we will do the work. And, and um, that's the NACDL, the National Association of Criminal Defense Lawyers. Um, their executive director, Norm Reamer, uh, and, uh, and a, another one of their high-level people, Stephen, uh, they, they, they come to our meetings. They come to all of our meetings. They're, they, they, they call me. They have private meetings. They're, they want to be here. They want to be doing the clemency work. They believe in us. And basically, they're just asking us, hey, get us to the table. Get us to the table with the governor. And that's, that's what we're trying to do. Yeah, it's yeah. It feels like we're we're so close we can touch it. But uh, and like you were, uh, you know, we were down there. Um, talked to Michael. We talked a little about Michael Thompson. But uh, you were down there when when he got out. I was down there. You know what a what an incredible moment. And then um, you've had the uh, the honor of uh, spending some time with Michael recently. Um, I know I was on the Jazz Cabbage Cafe podcast with Michael, and you were on there as well recently. And uh, just kind of tell me what that's been like, uh, well, you know, like kind of Michael's reaction. I know it's been pretty, pretty inspiring to see how fired up he is about uh, 
criminal justice reform, but uh, you know, kind of kind of talk about that from him getting out to now uh, now working with us. Yeah, I mean, having Michael join our coalition is is huge. Um, we have so much to learn from him. Every time I sit with him and listen to him, I mean, it, it's 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 frankly it's heart wrenching to like because he knows he knows right he knows what's going on he knows so many people behind bars who don't belong there and that's what what i think michael's going to do is he's going to guide us you know we're going to win we're going to get this clemency program we're going to force open that door to get cannabis people out but it's it's just the tip of the iceberg and and i think michael's here to remind us of that it's it's not really about cannabis at the end of the day the system locks up all sorts of people who don't belong belong there it just it just it, it's it's outrageous i mean we got over forty thousand people just in michigan forty thousand people i mean that's that's crazy it's it's absurd um you know and and so when we start you know, once once we we get this door wedged open with cannabis, we just I think Michael Thompson's going to help us push it open a little further. You know, I'd like to see us. One thing he talks about is all the elders that are locked up. Um, you know, who are clearly no threat to to society. You know, our, our prisons are basically turning into like you know very poor versions of nursing homes, and uh, there's no reason for this. We we my my hope is another step for the clemency program will be you know filing a clemency for everybody over 65, for example. You know, if you want to keep someone locked up past the age of 65, you better have a damn good reason, right? Like you know, and it's a. Uh, I think Michael's, he's got a lot to teach, you know, the, 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 the stories he brings out of the food that they're feeding people, you know, of the, of the sexual abuse that's happening, that's permitted, that's allowed, um, you know, just of the way prison guards treat people like animals. It's, it's all, it's, it's horrible. And I think we all know it, but, uh, on some level, but hearing it directly from, from Michael, just having experienced it so unjustly for so many years, it, it, it brings a, it brings a really strong voice to the table. And, and I think we really need to follow his leadership and, and see where he takes us. Yeah, well, you can see the kind of progress right. that's made when they start, stop treating everything like it's a, a criminal situation and start treating situations with compassion and, you know, sending social workers instead of police to situations that don't need police officers, you know. Uh, there's so many things from people that are locked up and things we can do to prevent people from being locked up in the future for unnecessary things, especially drug crimes. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, one of the things that we've done, um, I've been involved in part of getting Dana Nessa elected is also electing progressive prosecutors, uh, progressive judges. You know, these 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 positions are elected and. Honestly, they're, as far as elections that can be won, they're pretty low-hanging fruit. And I, I, I tell you, for every, you know, if you think about how hard we're willing to fight to get one Michael Thompson out of prison, every progressive prosecutor we get elected probably keeps, you know, a couple dozen Michael Thompsons out of prisons, if not more. You know, so, so we can, you know, we can really nip a lot of these problems in the bud just by. Uh, just by organizing locally in communities and making sure that you know, you know, sadistic monsters aren't getting put into places of power, you know, um, at yeah. the end of the day. Yeah, when we were lucky to get rid of one, uh, Jessica Cooper, and we got Karen McDonald in Oakland County, and obviously everybody is excited about Washtenaw County. And I always say his name wrong, but Eli Savit, Sa Savit, sorry, 
Sorry, Larry, uh, or Ellie. Sorry, Ellie Savitt. Um, but speaking of that, so a little trip down history lane, uh, memory lane, history lane. We always do that here because Michigan's so rich in cannabis history, but then political history is, um, you know, like we talked about earlier, uh, I started becoming aware of, uh, of Dana when, when I met her early on, Panera, and we started going, and then I started being around and learning what was really going on, and it was something I believe, I know you you helped construct and figure out um, early on as far as like, hey, here's a real game plan, and here's a situation, and the attorney general race in Michigan for the Democratic Party, it comes down to, you know, isn't it each, it's each, like each precinct or each, uh, you know, area that votes, and it's the same amount, so like you get Dana in front of enough people because she's you know she's a force of nature and and pat miles jr is such a dud like here's a situation where the the party elite um have their hands tied and uh so talk about that i you know it, it was pretty amazing i walked into it and i mean light it light we call it lightning in a bottle there's no other way about it. our friend bob Beldori always tells me that uh, that we and in the midst of it he, we, he was starting to talk about it, it was like this is a once in a lifetime type deal everything came together perfectly so tell, tell us your part and uh you know most people don't know about it well from my perspective i was working uh I, I had founded a group called the Progressive Caucus of Mid-Michigan, um, and we were a subset of the statewide Progressive Caucus. And, uh, you know, we were, we were having meetings in, in my backyard. We had pretty low-key, smoke and drink around my bonfire and have our meetings. And uh, it's uh, Robert Van Kirk. He's uh, he was an activist, and he said, hey, you know, he had contacted me and trying to tell me about his friend Dana, who was going to run for attorney general. And he was part of our Progressive Caucus. So I said, well, come to our meeting. Come tell us about it. And he came out. and. You know, he, he talked her up and I said, well, this sounds great. Let's put on an event for her. You know, this seems like, and it was early on. This was, you know, before anybody knew who Dana was. Nobody was talking about the attorney general's race. Nobody was really aware there was an attorney general's race. And uh, we uh, we put an event on for her at MSU, brought her to speak. Uh, you know, I organized my, my ass off for her, honestly. I called everybody I knew. I bought Facebook ads. I, I like, I issued press releases. You know, the Progressive Cox in Mid Michigan pulled out all the stops. You know, got my parents there. Got like called friends and twisted their arms to come. I got about 22, 23 people there. That is how that's how famous Dana was at the time, right? And how <laughs> how much nobody cared. But it was enough. It was enough because what we did was we then we uh, we live streamed that event. We set up a podium, we put a banner, Progressive Cox Mid Michigan behind her, we made it look all official, had flags, you know, and, and we put that out, we put that out to the state. Uh, we bought Facebook ads to progressives targeting progressive Democrats all over the state. And we said, look, you guys, we have like, we have over a year and all we have to do is swing this election that only less than 10,000 people are going to vote in. All we have to do is show up. You know, all we have to do is join the Michigan Democrat, Democratic Party and show up and we literally can decide who the next attorney general is going to be you know it was it was pretty it was pretty seemed like a done deal that it was going to be a democrat so that meant it was all decided there's no primary it's all decided at the michigan democratic party convention which typically has less than ten thousand people and when i found that out i couldn't believe it i just couldn't believe it and i, I just spent the next year however long a little over a year, I think, of my life with my sole purpose saying, like, all my activism directed towards, hey, let's let's pick the next attorney general, right? And, uh, and uh, 
the day of it, you know, we had a whole, you know, just in my local community, we had a, we, we had a giant bus, um, a blizzard chartered to go. And I was terrified. I went to pick up my buddy because this is how it was. We had it. We were able to advertise. We're like, if you want to go, we will pick you up at your house. We will take you to the bus. We will drive you to the convention. (laughs) We will feed you along the way. You know, we, 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 we just, uh, we made it as easy as possible for people. And my buddy i couldn't get him out of bed so i had to show up you know you know i was a little late to the bus and uh i was terrified i was going to get there and nobody was going to be there because the roads were coated in like an inch of ice i mean it was like it was one of those mornings where you come out and you can't get into your vehicle because it's completely coated in ice your handle the windshield everything It, it was it was a nasty ice storm and i can tell you i walked onto that bus and it was full and I couldn't believe it. I was so relieved because I, frankly, I thought like, I thought, did I charter this bus? And is it going to be like empty? Is this just going to be a total fail? All these efforts. And it was full. And we got to the convention and, um, when it's it like was time to vote, down there. when it was time to vote, the whole auditorium just started <laughs> chanting Dana's name. And it was just clear. It was like, oh my God, we won. We, we've got this. We just, we just won the day. And every step of the way, Everybody who was used to running the Democratic Party, everybody who was, uh, they mocked us. They made fun of us. They called us names. They belittled us. They said, you guys have no chance. Labor decides this stuff. You guys don't get a voice. You guys are just idiots. You're wasting all your time and efforts. And and so like instead of embracing like sort of this new progressive energy within the party they they mocked us they they belittled us and and we got there and we won and i think it changed frankly michigan politics forever within the democratic party that's incredible it was uh it was i mean i i never forget it because you know that was i got to i got to uh that's when Pat Miles Jr. Uh, had to give his concession speech, and I blocked the uh, blocked the railing. And uh, what's his uh, what was what was it? I already got her. Oh, Jen Strayer Air had to walk right past me too. You know, they spent over a hundred grand and Facebook trolls to to battle me, Beldori, and uh, Jamie and Rick on this Democratic Party forum. So mm-hmm. I still think about that, and I look back at it, and I was just like, first of all, you're out, you're out of your mind, Ryan. And then the next part was, uh, you know, wow, like that that actually happened. So you know, and and but look what we get to do now. Like it's the butterfly effect. We we get to have all these national peoples like uh, Norm Reimer and the NACDL and LPP come in and and take us and and really put Michigan on the map. As the as the leader in criminal justice reform, because of that effort, you know, so like what a what a difference that that's made, you know, and and everything we're trying to do. So, but those are the origins. So a lot of people don't know about that. But it's pretty pretty fascinating. I've been uh, been in that backyard a few times uh, for the bonfire. So, but yeah, but man, yeah, a we, lot a lot of things get get decided there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's awesome. Uh, well, I mean, this is uh, this is this is awesome stuff. A lot of people uh, didn't know uh, about that, but also um, we're gonna wrap up. But uh, before that, I want to let Tom say a few words uh, goodbye, and then uh, also you, Mike, too. And uh, when you do, Mike, uh, let people know uh, you know how to how to get a hold of us and all that. But first off, Tom Bella, really. Yeah, I just wanted to thank Mike for being on and for all of his efforts throughout the years, and Dana's. Attorney General Nestle is amazing. She's an amazing woman. And progressive is not dirty word. We need more progressives. 
keep going, keep pushing. You know, we've got your back. And uh, yeah, thanks again. Oh, thanks so much for having me. Yeah. Yeah, Mike. What? Uh, any last words for everybody? Prisoners out there, people get a hold of you. Uh, um, we got mifreedomcoalition.com. Mifreedomcoalition.com. Find us. Um, we'll be finding you too. Uh, you know, you can uh, you can find us on Facebook. Um, you know, also the Cannabis Caucus of the Michigan De- Democratic Party. That's uh, I'm the chair of the Cannabis Caucus. We're uh, you know we're allowed to do the political work, and my Freedom Coalition is going to be doing the work to get prisoners out. Uh, Cannabis Caucus, we're going to be doing the work to uh, get progressive prosecutors elected, progressive judges, you know, uh, you know, progressive uh, politicians, people who will uh, who will truly work to change cannabis laws so that everybody's allowed to grow, everybody's allowed to smoke. Um, you know, our overall position is that we think people should uh be able to do what we've always done i should be able to walk over to my neighbors and 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 buy a bag and 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 smoke a joint with him and not be violating any laws you know um you know that's that's our position you know uh, we we legalized it to legalize it we didn't legalize it to change whose doors were getting kicked in you know we, we legalized it because nobody belongs in prison or jail you know or getting arrested in any way for cannabis so we're going to keep fighting for that so yeah, look us up. Uh, you know, we're always looking for volunteers, people to help. Um, you know, so thanks. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for being on, Mike and Tom. Thanks for helping, helping carry the load today. Uh, Kevin will be back next week. But um, you know, this is something to think about. Uh, like two things here. Uh, people like to, you know, it's, it's become a lot of people like to complain online, in person, whatever. This isn't getting done. What can we do? Well, here's here's you know you heard stories today about a few people getting together, working hard, continuously fighting, and um, getting getting the attorney general of Michigan elected, and and working locally to get um, a prosecutors elected or or rep. So like it's it's all effort. It's not glamorous. I tell you, it sucks sometimes. I'm sure Mike can agree. You, you want to go to bed when you get home sometimes, or six <laughs> or seven, but you got five more phone calls to make and another zoom and next you know it's 10 o'clock and you know you're delirious so like but that's that's what it takes people out there in jail and uh and and we're not so one other point is all the people out there are new into cannabis and and you talk about you know you they went around for to making it legal and all the activism we got a lot of activism to do please help out step up you know it's really all our obligations and um, I really look at it as as a lot of the new people getting into it uh, are are getting to to benefit from the wonderful plant and this new industry we help create. But uh, you know, help us out, help us fight to get people out of jail for it. So with that, appreciate it again, Mike and Tom, and I'll see everybody next week. See you guys. Thank you. The Smoke and Rope Podcast is produced and hosted by me, Ryan Basor, the owner of Redemption Cannabis. Have ideas for episode topics or would like to be a guest on the show? Contact us at ryanb at redemptioncana.com. Thanks for being along for the journey.